she's on the inside. She got the scoop on the ones to watch, on the ones that's hot. No one can do it quite like Caroline. Caroline. No one can do it quite like Caroline. It's time for Caroline. You know when you meet people and you just immediately connect with them and you're just soul vibing on the same level and you're going for the same things and you speak the same language? Well, that is how I feel with Sarah and Alyssa. Sarah Davidson and I have been friends for years, almost a decade. We went to college together at Belmont. We have grown so much as people and friends, and I absolutely am in awe of her heart, the way she thinks about things, the way she chooses to view things that come into her life that may be bad per se, but she always spins them and makes them a lesson and a blessing. She blows my mind. And Alyssa Rosenheck is a new friend of mine who I have just fallen in love with immediately. She's an incredible photographer. She shoots interiors of houses that are absolutely mind-blowing. They will take your breath away. And the way that she approaches life and the world with her heart and her soul, she is so connected, so tuned in. This conversation is about influencing, but it's about influencing from your soul and using your calling to make your life's purpose become your work. And it's absolutely inspiring. I hope that you love this interview as much as I loved having it. Alyssa Rosenheck and Sarah Davidson here to rock your souls, man. What up, babes? Hi, guys. What's up? Oh, I'm just here with only the two most fabulous, Alyssa Rosenheck and Sarah Davidson. Two of my favorite. Y'all are so much more than like bloggers. This is an influencer series. Y'all are Influencers in such your own way, and not only influencing with style and home design and all sorts of things, but you're influencing with your positivity. And I think that is really the greatest of all. Thank you. You're so sweet. As are you. Uh, Yes. Sister, you bring the light every day. Well, I try to gather with people who are light shiners as well, because I feel like it only makes... (laughs) Things brighter. Yes. You know? Actually, you said something about that on your um, Insta story the other day. Y'all are both really good at posting inspirational stuff on your Insta stories. Well, I try, first of all, you know, things get tough. And so I try to share the things that really work for me. Mm -hmm. And then I share them and put them out into the world. So, yeah. What are things that have worked for you? Oh, man. Um, Really starting with positive intentions every day and just being peaceful and having focus and really capturing the things that are priorities and going back to basics, like not letting all the hype kind of, you know, get you and just, you know, maintain focus. Staying peaceful. Sarah and I were talking about this. We're in Alyssa's house right now and it feels like peace. Like yes. if, the, if the word, <laughs> if the word peace had a house, this would be it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> the word peace had being, a house. Being that's intentional. Yeah, you should write that. Yeah. Sarah just released your music today. today. What? Today. What's the name of it? Pretty much love you. Pretty much love you. Oh, did you nice. write it about us? I know. Yes. <laughs> I, know I, I put out a video and I was like, because I pretty much love all of y'all. Um, but no, honestly, I genuinely do. And that's sort of my, I'm an independent artist. So um, this music that I that I released and I will be releasing over the next four weeks is a little less, I mean, it's very, it, the intention is love. There are more stories sort of from the past couple years of my life. But as an artist, that's really what I want to do is just compel people to love, to question their beliefs, to question where they stand on certain things, to question their judgments and to provoke people to think and to pro- provoke people to love. 
It's such a gift you have. I, I downloaded it quickly. I listened to the first like 10 seconds and it's, it's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank and you. you've been on such a journey with your music career. So tell yes. me how you've ended up here because you came to Nashville being like hot off the press, country music star, all that. Oh. Like, I mean, you literally <laughs> have, I mean, you've had record deals. You've had a TV show. Like you've, you've had it all. You've had it all. So tell me how you've ended up here musically and what your journey has looked like. Gosh. Okay. So I know you've gotten to this positivity light space. Yes. Um, that's a long question. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, wow, really long question. I like to tell you everything I want you to answer. Then you just roll. <laughs> um, assuming that we only are seeing, we only have an hour basically. No, you guys are moving in. Yeah, but so I, um, yeah. I moved to Nashville, you know, when I was 20 years old, sort of like with that intention, like I want to be a star. I want to write music. I want to, you know, uh, be known, like sell out stadiums, you know, that whole thing. Kind be of known. I always be, wanted to be known be too. Be known. Yeah. But I it wanted was, to be known. That's really? Awesome. Yes. But it was in a different way. I feel like now I actually was listening to Oprah Super Soul and I don't, it was, um, who wrote Love Warrior? Oh, Glendon oh, Doyle. Uh, Glendon Doyle. And she was talking about how she really just wants to be known. And it's in, not in an egotistical way, in like a real way. And I think at that time in my life, earlier on, it was, it was ego. It was ego. Same with me. It was like, I have to be famous. It was almost like this To validate thing. your worth. Yeah, to validate my worth. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, record. I feel like <laughs> I relate to this. Okay. I love you both. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa's over here. She's like, no, I've been calm and peaceful forever. <laughs> she's like, I've already known this shit for a long time. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, you know, in and out of record deals, um, you got my first record deal about a year and a half after I moved to town. I was a part of this reality show that ended up not doing anything. It wasn't really a main character on it, but. But it was going to be a big deal on CBS and all sorts of stuff or NBC, and, um, ABC, Fox. Fox. The first one was on Fox. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, ended up getting married to another songwriter in Nashville and, um, just kind of living that Nashville life. You know, writing music, I was signed to EMI then Sony at the time, or EMI was purchased by Sony, and um, then ended up doing another reality show, and that was kind of about how I was married and I was in a position that I where I didn't necessarily have to go out and like hit the pavement as, mm-hmm. a, as a new artist and work my music, but I wanted to because mm-hmm. I am that passionate about mm-hmm. my music. Um, and I think still at the time it was kind of like that. You have to prove something, you have to be something. And, um, so anyways, I ended up doing the show, um, I ended up going through a divorce, like while I was on the show. The way you've handled your divorce though is so I think classy it's and fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yes. I agree. Explain to me why you think it's fascinating. Cause I do too. I just think there's so much transparency and courage behind your story and now where you are today I think it's filled with so much just substance and self-love and you've reflected and you've grown every day since then and you've embodied it full force and to me Thank you. Yeah. I totally power, agree with that. Well, y'all were not there on my floor with me when I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've all had those fetal positions <laughs> in the corner. Amen to that. You would be like, what are we But doing? you know what? It's, it's what you do after that. Amen. And you have yeah. picked yourself up and have been 
a just ray of light. Thank and you. And you haven't been bitter that. about any of it. Mm-hmm. And because there's always two sides to it. So of course, like you don't want to just like blame someone for the divorce. Obviously, you are both involved, but right. you haven't been bitter. You wish him well. You've like she said, you've taken it and you've made it a part of your story in such a positive way. Yeah. You've used it for growth. Well, I think it's really interesting. I think, you know, it's really easy for people to point the finger. And I think when I initially got out of it, I I did that. I was like, well, it wasn't me. Not in a way where I came out and said that, but in sort of like it's always the them, roundabout though. Let's way. be honest. Yeah. It's always them. It's always them. And yeah. I started to like really reflect on like the things that I did and the things that I said, and I was just as guilty, you know, and I, and I look back and I have now compassion for that girl because mm-hmm. the situation that I was in, I didn't have that girl like yourself. Yeah. yeah myself. The girl That's that was amazing. In the situation, Cause I didn't have the tools and I didn't have the, the mo the aha moments that I have now to mm-hmm. handle the situation that I was in. So what aha moments have you gathered? Um, I think I've just really kind of dealt with things that were in my past before my marriage, you know, um, things that were, um, you know, almost where I didn't feel worthy. We all have those moments mm-hmm. in our life where it's like those injuries that stick mm-hmm. with us forever. You and I are super similar with how, where we are now and what we've come from. Cause I yes. never felt worthy and I, I'll be interested to Where get- does that come from though? Because we, I think we all have very similar stories. I think so too. I never felt like, I don't know. I I grew up with parents who told me I was great and all this stuff and believed in me, but I just never felt like I was good enough ever. Like I never felt like I'd be the one picked. Like I would be the one that the guy would want to date. I'd be the one that would get the job. I'd be the one that would get the opportunity. I don't know. I just never thought it was me. I don't know where that came from, but I believed that for a really long time. Yeah. And maybe that, I think that's kind of how, like, why I ended up where I was in my marriage because I had all of those things and I felt unworthy. And then it was like I almost was in this position of worthiness, mm-hmm. and it I, it was like almost like I felt entitled. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't it was I didn't come from a place of gratitude, thanking the universe for all of the blessings, thanking God for all of the blessings mm-hmm. that I've been given. It was like. What can I have that's more? Mm-hmm. What can I, how can I be or appear more perfect? Ah. And, and that just continues to perpetuate oh, itself yes. in a very unhealthy external way. Yes. Until God, the universe, slaps whatever you. slaps you, slaps you down and brings you down. <laughs> and yeah. And that, I think that's really what it was. It was like, people uh, act, think that like the breakdown is bad, but really no, the breakdown is where you get the, the breakthrough. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yes. Amen. It, there, there's so much beauty in in that moment of, wow, I have been living my life all wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my mindset, my intentions, my lack of gratitude is all wrong. So I've just really been on a journey the past three, four years of just kind of finding that and getting back to that place of, of being in unity with my, with God, my spirituality. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I'm by no, no means perfect at all <laughs> no, but at it's... all by any means but I feel like I'm a lot more of a grounded sane person now and Alyssa you've been through a lot too like how did you end up being this peaceful have you always just radiated peace no no <laughs> I'm like a crazy human being oh god, thank god I mean so am I I feel like half the time if people could get inside my brain they'd be freaked out no um <laughs> No, it takes work every day. And I feel like I've gone from, my life has been 
it's been full and good and, and positive, but I've had some moments where, you know, growing up, I had a very supportive family, but my father had, you know, some alcohol issues, which sucks, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we talk about self-worth through that process. I had to really look within and say, okay, my self-worth needs to come from full alignment within not any external sources. And at the time, all of that propelled me into very much like people pleasing, totally. if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, girl. And so oh, yeah. I went, I would just try to be this like perfect little thing where I had, I went to college, I got a full ride playing tennis. I went into the corporate world. I was the perfect corporate employee rising the ranks, you know, and I worked in very male dominated industries because that's really what was able to support myself financially. How did you handle male dominated industries Ooh. being the beautiful <laughs> woman that you are? Did you well, have the correct tools to handle it then? Or how did you navigate that? Do you guys want to answer my phone? <laughs> we have a God online line. Phone a friend. Phone a friend. <laughs> it's Jason Arnold Interiors, who's amazing. Oh, Jason Arnold Interiors. Do you want to come design my house? I'm available. Shout out, Jason. We love you. We love you. Call you back. Um, oh, how did I handle male-dominated um, the male-dominated industry? So I was in medical device sales, selling spine equipment. And I wanted to be hired for my knowledge and not the way I looked. So I really mm -hmm. wanted to be taken seriously. Well, there's a fine line because at that point, you have to not be bitter, number one, because you're not being, like, you can't be your feminine, full, creative self. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I didn't want that rough edge around myself. And so, I just worked really hard. I didn't wear a lot of makeup, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know? and, um, my whole goal was just to be hired for my knowledge and provide as much value to, you know, my accounts and my, my clients as possible and to grow because I had to work twice as hard and twice as long to get, you know, in the door and to get respect. And you know, I'm not this, I am a feminist, but I'm not this staunch I believe in equal rights. Yeah, I'm a right. humanist, you know, yes, and I, totally. I believe that, you know, when you walk in that door, people should, you know, respect you period, regardless of what you look like, mm -hmm. how old you oh, yes. are. Amen. And, you know, especially if you're coming from a place of being, you know, providing value. So it was tough. I mean, I was judged by the way I looked, you know, there were people might not taking you seriously. No. And there was, you know, and not to get in too deep, but you know, there was, sexual discrimination. Mm -hmm. There was like stuff, mm -hmm. you know, that I think as a young female in the corporate world or in any industry, you know, especially with everything going on right now, like we have all experienced it. Mm -hmm. yes. So I was living that life. And to me, I said this a couple days ago, but I think success changes depending upon where you are in life. And at that time in my life, success was very much on the outside looking in, I had to feel like I had it all. Like I had to make a certain totally, amount of money, you know, totally relate to that. I had to, <clears throat> to just, I had to feel like I had it all together. You had to check off some major boxes yes. for you to feel like you had success. Yep. And those were all external things that were driving me. And it really wasn't until I had cancer that it knocked me on my ass. Okay. Now break down that because that is a story that yeah. came, that, that took you by surprise. Yeah. Explain, explain that part of your story. So, 
my husband's very much involved in this story. And we, you know, on the outside looking in still, like everything looks perfect, but we're, we're all human. Like we all go through growing changes and seasons in life and this ebb and flow. And we were very much in this ebb and flow during the first part of our relationship to where I said, peace, I'm moving to Chicago. Hey girl, I, I did the same thing. I, I, know how, I know how that goes. Sometimes you have to find yourself. Yeah. Because you can't be a great partner if you don't know what you're looking yes, for truly. Yes. Correct. Uh-huh. So I said, peace, I'm out. And, um, going to Chicago, going to Chicago. Um, so that happened and we took a year off and then we got back together and we were towards the end of me being in the city. And, um, I was really towards the end of my corporate career and I had been in the corporate world for a little over a decade and that was my identity, Yes. you know? And, um, I remember us were having dinner and we were talking about, you know, important things. And he looked across the table from me and he's like, um, Alyssa, you have a, <laughs> you have a tumor growing out of your neck. And I'm like, Benjamin, <laughs> what are you talking what? about? We haven't even ordered appetizers. So, you know, things, I do believe that things happen for reasons. And I believe in, you know, surrendering and letting those things happen. Totally. And this was just a season of change for me. I was really doing a lot of introspection and having that self dialogue of, is this what your life is supposed to look like? You know, you're in this pretty, you know, condo in Chicago and you're, you have this great corporate career, but are you happy? Like, are you really, Mm -hmm. is this filling you? Because you had reached a place where you had actually checked off those boxes you were trying to check. Mm -hmm. And so you didn't get the happiness you were hoping was going to come with it. Right. And then that's an interesting moment when that happens. You have to revisit it. And you're like, you have all of these things and you should be happy. You know, exactly like what you were saying. Mm -hmm. You know, you have all of these things, these, this stuff. And you know, you, you should be proud and happy. And I knew something was lacking. And whenever he diagnosed me and I was going through cancer, it honestly gave me the permission to really, really look within and start living my most authentic Mm -hmm. life. So cancer was actually a blessing. Mm -hmm. It was a gift. Yeah, that's so I get emotional still to this day because it, it really gave me the opportunity to pursue the things that bring me life mm-hmm. and it's just been, it's cancer is a terrible thing, but it gave me so much more than it took away. Oh, <laughs> oh I know I it, sounds, it sounds, you know, but it's, it's So true. what did you do? Once you went through this diagnosis, you got your, your cancer removed, mm-hmm. every your you're back, you're back. Through what? it. My coping was, so I had never really had the opportunity financially to have that freedom to do the things that I wanted to do. And through the process of me being diagnosed, the process of me having surgery and then healing, I, I started doing things that I wanted to do for me. And I bought a camera. I read the manual, (laughs) you know, I started, that's amazing. I started shooting like around my own home, you know, in the city, which ended up selling the condo, you know, which was great. And the the photos sold the condo. I mean, I used the photos, you know, to sell the condo. So you just always had a passion for photography. Well, latent, I didn't know it. And my mom was always kind of this, this like little voice on my shoulder going, Alyssa, you really need to, to focus on photography because growing up as a little girl, 
I loved going to museums and when I'd go to the museums, I'd always go to the photography, you know, side. And I would always, I loved like Richard Avedon growing up. And I'm like, I don't even know who this man is, but I'm, I gravitated towards his work. And, and she, she saw it and I didn't see it and I didn't have the time to do, to pursue it. And so she was always like, okay, now's your time. Do it. So how did you, what did you do <laughs> when you story. decided to quit Thank your corporate you. job? I know that's an incredible story. Quit your corporate job. And now you're like, okay, I'm going to go into photography. How did that transition happen? What, what did that look like? So again, I'm after having all the things where you, where it feels forced and then you take a step back and you kind of surrender that control. I feel like once you surrender and once you're following that light within yourself, mm -hmm. that authentic light yes. that's in each and every yes. one of you, things fall into place. Yes, they do, because you're <laughs> finally doing what, what you were you, called yes. to do on this earth. Yes. And I believe that we all have a different blueprint. It's like 100%. that you have that urge inside of you that draws you to photography, that draws mm -hmm. you to music, that draws you to whatever. But you're like, oh, that's just what you don't listen to it because you don't think it's yeah. real but or it's I not going to make like money. It or... can be a conduit to something so much more substantial and so much more bigger than yourself. So yes, I just take pictures of houses and style. That's not it. I want people to see the light and the love and from the collaborations and yes. from the, you know, the love that I have in my heart. I want the end receiver to feel that same, yes. just compassion. I feel like there's something so cool about, like you said, just living from the success is relative, but, and living from that place of mm -hmm. passion rather than like, where's the money going to come yeah. from? How fear. am I going to no. do this in fear? You just trusting the light within you and then aligning that with your intention to love others. And it's mm -hmm. really, it's getting out of your head. It's, yes. it's, it's kind of like mind versus heart. It's, Truly taking some time, quieting your environment, and asking yourself those tough questions. What drives you? Where where do you feel those goosebump moments? Mm -hmm. Yes, and when that, you feel most alive. Yeah, and that's what's gonna connect you to your greater your greater purpose and truth. And I think exactly oh, what both of you guys have mentioned in your stories is you both had check marks. You needed mm -hmm. to accomplish this. This is what success is. And you reached them, you checked them, and then you realized, okay, you're not fulfilled. Yeah. And then you have trauma happen, mm -hmm. a divorce, cancer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have similar story, totally different story, but same process right. that I work yeah. through where it's like all of a sudden you're like, okay, I got what I thought I was going for. That yep. would make me happy. Didn't make me happy. Shit hit the fan. <laughs> yeah. And now like, I got to decide what I'm going to do with this life. Next steps. Yes. Most next authentic steps. next steps. <laughs> so it's almost like kind of amazing when you have that process happen to you because you get to experience it firsthand mm -hmm. and really know that things and success, like success of the world is not going to make you happy. We right. listened. We were at <laughs> Brene Brown's. Um, oh, you went with, to that? Yeah, I know. I was so jealous. Farm. It was, oh, it was sold obsessed. out because I tried, after we had dinner, yeah. I tried to go get online oh. and get us tickets and it was sold out. But she said, similar to your point, Carolyn, she said that, and she talked, she's amazing for everybody, for anyone who doesn't know Brene Brown, Get to know her. Get to know her. <laughs> she started out as this clin clinical researcher and, you know, huge corporate 100 Silicon Valley companies hire her out to do motivational speaking, to consult. And these companies expect a failure rate because that's when you grow, innovate, you know, and rebuild in a stronger way. So failure is crucial, crucial. to success. A hundred percent. Yeah. 
We're all winning, guys. Yes, we're all winning. Welcome law because I have failed with loss. But you know, you wouldn't regret your marriage and divorce now because look at where you oh, are. Oh, gosh, no. Honestly, I it really has taught me some, like the biggest lessons mm-hmm. in life. And I feel like the opportunity to have had those lessons and go through that process and learn were there. Like I didn't have to go through all of that. And so Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone that's listening to think I have to suffer because that's not what you're called to. You're called to greatness. You're called Mm -hmm. to live Mm -hmm. a life full of love and success and all of the good there is things no that purpose love has in to pain. Offer. No right. purpose in pain. <laughs> yeah. But when Sometimes, you have pain and yeah. you can turn it into yes. goodness. It's and a detour. So, yeah. And so because I hadn't reached that point when I was in my marriage and sort of just everything that was involved was just kind of spiraling to this negative place. My mindset was negative. My thought pattern was negative. The things I expected were negative. So your life so, was negative. So my life was negative. <laughs> And, um, I am so grateful to have gone through what I, what I've been through, um, because I now can see that my, my intentions are what matter. My thought pattern is what matters. My return to love Mm -hmm. and like running from fear, just allowing the fear to fade away and living and existing in a place of love, Mm -hmm. um, is what is important and what this life is about. But why do so many people hit these moments Mm -hmm. where they could easily throw in the cards and for the rest of their life, they could play the victim. Like you guys could both be a victim forever Mm -hmm. if you wanted to. And you could have, you could have just like given up and just been like, well, screw this. I'm upset. Life threw me a bad hand. And so many people stop there. When they get their first big round of bad luck, I feel like, or not bad luck, but their big round, like just Mm -hmm. that first big hit that like wipes you out. Mm -hmm. So many people curl up in a ball and just die and live in that pain. Mm -hmm. They never get out of it. How did y'all get out of it and elevate to this next level? I think it's, oh man, I've had really strong female forces in my life. And that was just never an option. It's like you survive and you keep going. Mm -hmm. And that is like sitting in that corner crying. You know, you can do that for a day. You got to give yourself a moment to cry. You get get a moment. You get a moment for sure. But the next day is a new day and you pick yourself up. And this is the other thing. There is no greater gift than living in the present. And you cannot live in the past. That Mm -hmm. is debilitating. And so yeah. you have to hold yourself accountable and say, okay, this is what I'm, in, this is, this is what's in front of me and we're just going to keep going and we're going to do the best we can. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're going to, yeah, we're going to try to make it work. <laughs> I totally, I think for me, a, so many strong female forces in my life, but I think it was almost, um, the fact that I knew I was going to be able to use my message and that mm-hmm. I could be used out of it. Mm-hmm. Like I've always had a very strong faith at the base yeah. of all of this other shit that I've allowed to <laughs> pile onto my emotions and yeah. thought patterns and all of that. But at the bo- at, at the base of it, I know that God exists, that God wants to write our mm-hmm. stories to be beautiful. Well, you and know? I think if you listen to that too, I mean, my mom always said, you have this internal compass, call it what you want. It could be the universe, it could be God, it can be... But it's that little voice inside you and it like propels you. It's this compulsion. And I feel like with you and your music, you have that right now. Like that you are a conduit of this beautiful gift and this beautiful message. Thank you. I agree. And I feel like you're coming more into yourself musically than you ever have been. Even when you had record deals, the TV shows, all that stuff. You almost were chasing what you thought the industry wanted you to have. Yes. But now you're just doing what you want. 
Aren't you more grateful for it now? Oh my gosh. I am. <laughs> you know what? I'm grateful for the ability to think a thought or experience something mm-hmm. or have an emotion and put it into music mm-hmm. and sharing that with other people. Yep. You know, that's what art yeah, is. That's it what, is. <laughs> in everything that we do, like that's our purpose is yeah. communion and communica- communication mm-hmm. and community. Yeah. And, and supporting each other yes, through that. Right. And like, it may just be a song that evokes an emotion, but that song is something that someone can feel. I've been there before. Me too. Mm-hmm. She's been there and, mm-hmm. and she feels this. Oh, well, I feel that too. Like we're one in the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it takes, it's just, you have to be vulnerable. And you have you to be have vulnerable. To, yeah. And that is getting thrown around a lot. And everyone's like authentic vulnerable, but it's so Mm-mm. true it's- because it is a movement that's happening. People are, and social media can, we, we've also talked about this. Social media can be a bad thing for comparison, but also it can reveal, it can take those layers off that we used to put on people. Cause now everyone's able to expose themselves, yep. be honest. And we're all craving that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And people want to relate, like you're saying, and say like, okay, I get that. I'm the same. I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. I think we're all connected. We're all into this together. And we, I don't know. I feel like as a society, we grow up and we use these differentiating points to divide ourselves from each other. And that's Why do not, we do that? I don't know. I mean, I just, it's comparison and it's judgment and it's fear. And I think when you are again in alignment with who you are, your heart, you're living from a place of love, not fear, not ego, and you're connecting to the people around you, you're connecting to your community, you're providing a positive message. You're only going to strengthen not only yourself, but those around you. And it's going to be a very supportive you know, world. And you don't have to worry because when you are in alignment with your calling, you almost can be fearless mm-hmm. because you're like, I know I'm walking in my purpose, which brings me to this. This is my influencer series. <laughs> yeah. So literally. No, no, but you guys influence. No, no. You guys have influenced. <laughs> oh, it's all ties together. Y'all have in y'all influenced the way you are influencing and the way you've had success and the most success that you've ever enjoyed, true success is by doing something different than other influencers have done. Like a lot of people study algorithms, try to like stay on top of like, you know, like have a plan for how they blog. I mean, there's, that's great. And you got to think about your business, but you guys, your main way of influencing is by being connected to your soul. I Mm -hmm. feel like, tell me how your careers have opened up when you truly started letting your soul guide it because that is risky business for a lot of people. It is a risky business. <laughs> Most yeah. people are like, I won't do that. <laughs> oh yeah. People are like, that soul shit? Hell no. I'm going to go ahead and try to regulate my life, you know? You're like, these pants are so cute. <laughs> yes, totally. Which is great. And, and it is great, but so many people work it like a business, have all this hustle, yeah. drive, work so hard. I still think there is that. Yes. There needs to be that grit. There is that hard work. But I, coming into the world of interior and architectural photography photography. I'm also a stylist. This was, this was a new world for me. And so coming into the world of photography, I was, you know, if, if I'm being very honest and vulnerable, I was scared and I didn't, I didn't initially start it as a business. It was a very cathartic healing point for me because I was coming off of the cusp of this tremendous corporate environment and career. And I needed a break. And for me, that break was a creative outlet. And, and so I never in my wildest dreams thought it would turn into a business and it was a passion. It was, it got me through cancer. It made me, it brought me into alignment with who I am as a 
artist, as a creative, as a woman, as, you know, and so for me, it was just this very genuine and pure form of expression of myself. It was like true love. It was true love. And it, it's vulnerable when you put that true love out into the world. And so I, it, it happened very organically. And, and you did things differently than other photographers. I did. So being untrained, there was a little sensitivity around that. And I was like, well, am I good enough? Am I good enough to do this? Mm-hmm. And so by default... I ended up pioneering a new way of doing business in the industry, which has been incredible, but it wasn't planned. And I looked at it. I just took my corporate experience. I worked for two Fortune 100 companies and basically developed a mini MBA from all of the training and the experience. And for me, I left the corporate world understanding value and how to provide it to the end user. And I looked at architectural photography and I entered into this landscape where there were, it was pretty antiquated. I mean, I was one of the young guns coming in. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I read the manual. That was my school of hard knocks <laughs> in photography, you know? And um, I recognized, A, how I can save Big Shelter National Magazine's money and how I can be of benefit and help grow small businesses. And I, I was the middleman. So what was us. the old way of doing it and what was your way of doing it? So... Traditionally, magazines will have in-house photographers and in-house stylists, and they will send those in-house stylists and photographers on location and occur a lot of expenses to shoot. And then oh, yeah, mm-hmm. you have to like hire yep. you have to hi- you a know. photographer, you have mm-hmm. to hire a crew, lighting yep. crew probably. There's so many people you have to hire. And it was always a dream of mine to work for those magazines eventually, mm-hmm. you know, but I knew at that point... I just wasn't, I don't know if I was good enough. I didn't have the confidence. And so it was the meshing of really the the perfect world to where I had a client, my first client, it was, she was a brand new designer in Chicago. It was um, my first shoot. It was her first shoot. And I really intuitively led the process of, okay, well, I want to style it. We're going to work together. We're going to collaborate. It's going to be about the process and as opposed to the end result. Mm-hmm. And we're going to work in tandem to try to make this as beautiful and successful as possible to benefit her business and her portfolio. And then I ended up with this gallery and I'm like, okay, cool. And now like what? Pictures. Pictures. And now I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to try to pitch it. And so not knowing, not even thinking I could be part of this now editorial community, an editor gave me a shot and she said, yes, and picked up, picked it up, you know, on a magazine was it It, room magazine, which I adore. And so they, that was the first time I'd ever been featured. So you, your first shoot that you styled, that you curated, you photographed, Mm -hmm. you decided on a whim, I'm just going to pitch this. And it got picked up. To benefit my client, you know, because in Mm -hmm. my mind I'm thinking, okay, if she, if I can provide and capture her brand and provide her with this beautiful portfolio moment, and if I can get it out there in a national way, that's going to give her more clients. And they always say, what does the world need? How can your gift help mm-hmm. what people need? You fulfilled that. a need. And so, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and you did it with love. I did it, and I still do. And so that's really what has separated my business model from the traditional way of going into biz- you know, shooting as a photographer. And it's been, it's been really cool. And now 
looking back, I still pinch myself every day because I'm part of these magazines. I'm in print and I, I work with some of the most incredible designers and creatives and architects and stylists out there. And I, I never in my wildest dreams thought I would be be here. So would you say you got here from just following your heart and then also being innovative, so figuring, not trying to think, okay, what is everyone doing? You just figured out what I does put, she need? I put blinders on and knew that I had, I knew I had a gift and I knew I had something to offer my clients to better their businesses. And I really still to this day, I have to put blinders on and I can't be concerned about what other people are doing. And I have to continue to, to listen to my heart, to continue to innovate and do the things that inspire me, because mm -hmm. those are the things that are going to continue to help my clients provide value to the community and differentiate my path from and everybody else. God talking to you. Yes. How do you know when you have a gift? Like, how do you know, like you said, you knew you had a gift. How do you know when it's a gift? When it feels right. You feel it. You feel it deep in your soul. Like you just you love give it. that goosebump yeah, and it. you get into that flow. Like the time, this is something I try to achieve every day. It's when you lose track of time mm -hmm. and it's almost like it this. It feels like it's not work. It's yeah. And it's this meditative state and you know, you call it flow. I, you know, whatever it is. I get into it when I'm shooting, I get into it when I'm editing, I get into it when I'm in like this kind of new creative realm of thinking outside the box and what else I can do. And like you no know, resistance. No you're resistance. not you're not like, oh this I hate yeah. this. This is making me feel yes. drained. It makes you feel invigorated and almost more alive. Yep. Even if you're working hours, yep. you feel so alive. A hundred percent. For me, it's like you know, I, I love style. I love fashion. I love more so than anything. I love bringing people's personal style out. Um, but when I'm writing music, like especially recently, now that I, I feel like I'm really connected to my intention of love and spreading love and trusting that the universe will work through me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, I really needed to hear what you just said actually, because you were doing it differently. And mm -hmm. I feel like, for me, I, I was, you know, an artist and in a band for a little bit. Trust me, it ruffles feathers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, right. But if you're not, you know, if you're not going to be polarizing. Right. I mean, right. gotta gotta ruffle some feathers. I've actually got, <laughs> not to, I, I have been feeling that way too, because sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, what if people think I'm annoying? What if like, people think I'm stupid? What if, and I'm like, you know what? Who cares? My heart is yes. good. Right. I'm trying to do good things and who cares? Yes. Yeah. So getting to that place where you're just like, screw it. Who yeah. cares? Who cares? Yeah, and so like re this release, this music that I've been making and releasing, and I'm actually working on another project that's more like of an inspirational type uh, direction. But this music that I'm releasing over the next four weeks and the song I released today, um, you know, I I don't have a deal. I haven't even gone to one publishing meeting, um, so I don't really have a team. And how does that feel going from having big teams to doing it just on your own? So it's like, I can either come from it at a mindset of like, Oh, well, I'm not doing this right. Like I don't have a radio promotions team. Like everyone in Nashville is just going to laugh at me because I'm like little independent Sarah putting out music. Or I can look at it from a point of what you were doing. How can I best serve the people that are going to be involved in my community? Mm -hmm. My listeners, the people mm -hmm. that are on my Instagram that are, you know, hearing, seeing that I'm post, posting new music and going mm -hmm. to listening to people that are on my Facebook, like the people in my direct life, like 
what can I do through my music to impact them and best serve them? Not to make a buck or to right. get famous. Yes. Right, not yeah. to make a buck or get famous. And um, I mean, granted, you do have to make money. Right. But like for me, it's like I'm discovering this whole new thing and it's coming from a place of love. So I don't even give a shit if people don't, if I, they make fun of me. Like, yeah. Amen. Call, it's like say I'm a little peon, but like I'm not a little peon. No. I'm speaking not, the I voice of like truth. You, you know? are. So it's thing. like when people hate, it's a reflection of where they are in their Amen, life. Sister Fran. Uh-huh. And you are either with your positivity, with your glow. I'm sitting in between two beautiful women <laughs> inside and out who are strong and courageous and radiate light. One with sweaty armpits. Mine are going to sweaty too. <laughs> <laughs> but you either are going to raise the person up next to you and continue to live your truth. And while doing that, you're also going to expose that other person who's going to be a hater. You're going to be a mirror to what they need to work on. That exactly. is true. If they're willing to see it. But it's not your circus. It's not, it's not yeah. your monkey. It's exactly. not our circus. It's not our monkey. monkey. <laughs> that is so true. When I started my podcast, I was coming out of music. And, you know, I had been doing music forever. kind of developed a reputation in that way. Always been involved with other artists. Like, never alone. And I was so terrified starting this podcast. So I'm like, people are going to think I'm a freaking joke. You know, like, yeah. it's going to be what so embarrassing. Doing? Like, how dumb. Yeah. Like, who does she think she is? Like, but what? you love it. But right? I love it. Oh, I love it so much. And I finally was just like, walking through Bob DePiro, hit song writer said this and I will never forget I may have already told y'all fear is a hundred feet wide and a hundred feet tall but it's paper thin wait I'm visualizing this right now so like a hundred feet wide <laughs> and a hundred feet tall but it's paper yep. thin so all you got to do it looks like it's oh, everywhere yeah. it looks like it's all around like it's all you yeah. can see but really you can just walk right through that walk yeah. through it. well and that's where you okay I always say yes to the things that scare the ever-living shit out of me because I know <laughs> a, I'm gonna grow and B, like, I need it. That's what my soul needs. Yes. So you have to, You ha- there's a good, I'm not saying go into burning houses, by <laughs> but I'm saying if you feel fearful, that's a good indication and a good litmus test that you need to say yes and do it. That is so mm-hmm. true. And exactly what you're talking about with your music. It is a little intimidating to be like, okay, I've gone from having all this big press around me to I'm going to do this by myself. Yeah. Because I believe in what I'm doing. Yeah. It's definitely... And it- Go like beyond that, talking of just on the influencer. I mean, we've had this conversation, but you know, I know you, 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 both of you put out a lot of positivity out there, and I do too. And I put up prayers every day or try every day. But when I first started doing it, I thought people that know me, they're gonna be like, or that know me in my life now, mm-hmm. they would, they believe that that's my authentic mm-hmm. truth. But that wasn't my authentic truth mm-hmm. even three years ago, maybe mm-hmm. even last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I've acted in ways or said things or hurt people, not intentionally. I was not like ever an evil, vindictive person, but Sarah, you're human. No, right. <laughs> right. Well, I'm human, but a lot of people judge you according to that. And yeah. it's like, and maybe it, people are stuck, like their friendship stuck. left off two years yeah. ago with you there. So you're right. thinking maybe they still think of you that way. Right. And so, you know, that can either hinder us, that fear can hinder us or that can empower us to continue to speak truth because we know that we're going to impact whether you have one follower, whether you Mm -hmm. have 50 followers, whether you have 2 million followers, Mm -hmm. those are the people that are in your direct community. And that Mm -hmm. goes for like followers in real life, people Mm -hmm. that like imitate you, your family, your friends, Mm -hmm. your sisters, whatever it is, 
you have the opportunity to impact them for the better. Mm -hmm. And why let the fear of what someone else thinks of you inhibit you from speaking life and love and changing people's lives. And also it's make-believe. What I finally realized was it is absolute (laughs) make-believe. Like whatever I think someone is thinking of me, they're not. (laughs) Yeah. I'm making up a story. Like I'm literally might as well be Cinderella or (laughs) you're making it up. Like I have no idea what you're thinking about me and I have no idea what you have gone through in your life that impacts your thoughts. You know, like what are your wounds that you've gone through that impact your, you know, decisions or how you feel about people or just the way your personality is shaped, you know, but back to you can, you can redefine your narrative. You can redefine the person that you want to be and grow into that and embody that every day. We all should be doing, you know, it's like right. we should all. And we should not, let people do yeah, that. We should have, yes. Everybody needs the freedom to do yes. that. Like let people let evolve. Evolve. A hundred percent. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we can't, if we can't give grace to people to evolve, then how could we expect people to give right. us grace to yeah. evolve? So I totally agree with that. I said something about that on my ancestry the other day and it like I was blow drying my hairs and this <laughs> And some girl, and I know, and I was thinking about something like, I don't know what it is. I I think it's sometimes like God, the universe kind of like, now that I'm aware, Mm -hmm. like kind of pricking me and being like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is something that you need to like deal with. Mm -hmm. And I thought this, I thought about a situation that was genuinely like seven years ago. And a girl (laughs) said something about a dress that I had on at a BMI awards. Cause I was like, my ex was getting the songwriter of the Mm -hmm. year. And so I went, I got this like super, super, just like extra dress. (laughs) Like had like ostrich feathers on it. It was extra. You're like I I have arrived. People know I'm here. Excuse me. And someone said peacocking with my feathers. No pun intended. Totally. (laughs) It was outrageous. But some girl goes, "Oh, I didn't know it was prom." And I mean, it wasn't a big deal. Like it was something that like I should have just been like, "Yeah, whatever." But it stuck with me for seven years. For seven years, and I'm like, it's crazy. Those little moments can like impact you so much. Yeah, it's it's great. So I started thinking about this, and I'm like, oh, I can't believe this person said that. And I'm like, Sarah, you cannot assume that this person is even had the intention of saying anything wrong, but. Or that they are the same person that they yeah. were, or that it would be okay to judge them even if they were the same person. You know, like I feel like a lot of times in our lives we have these offenses mm-hmm. and we pick them up. Mm-hmm. You know, we like forgive, forget, mm-hmm. move on, but then we think about the situation again and pick it back up and don't allow, and, and it's like you have to check yourself and be like, okay, why am I picking this mm-hmm. offense back up? And like, also, I have kind of realized when somebody hits a nerve with me or offends me or upsets me, that to me is like, okay, they've hit something. They've hit, they've hit, they've hit something. Like, why God. is that bothering me yeah. so much? What did they stir up inside of me that is yep. not healed? You know, like, yep. what did they, yes. what yes. little insecure what part little that, wound what wound so just got pricked, yeah. you know? Because but you have to go back into yourself and be like, okay, I could respond with fear and ego and just attack them and, you know, throat punch them. Or, <laughs> karate chop to the throat. You know, or I could, you know, be graceful and choose love. And how would you want to be treated in this? First, you know, it's right. simple. It's fear or love, people. Mm-hmm. You have it really to be, is. Especially when you get in those moments, those moments where you want to cuss somebody out or punch them in the throat. Taking ten always works. Like, <laughs> taking taking yeah. ten, or taking like not respond. You know, or not even think about it. Put that thought away until you're less emotional. Amen to that. Yeah. But having the maturity and the wisdom to get above the thought. 
you know, yeah. not to get lost in the thought. But if you say, you know what, life is not supposed to be painful. Life is supposed to be enjoyed. And this thought's not bringing me joy. Put it away until another, the next day where you're a little less emotional, a little more focused. Yeah. And then you could ask yourself those questions. So you're you're graceful with yourself. You're not beating yourself up and you're not beating the other person. <laughs> yeah. And also too, what you guys were saying, like, we don't have to take on that other person's what some the, the injury or the uh, whatever the negativity they're putting on yeah. us with their words like we don't have to pick up their trash. No, not your circus, not your monkey. Yeah, Amen to that. <laughs> that is such good advice. Just being in it, but not yeah. of it. Yeah, I'm happy to provide. You know, I'm happy to meet you halfway if you want to meet me. You know, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to play. By your negativity, I right? Love that, yeah. Well, and you you posted something very incre- like eye opening for me, and I think it was a quote from Oprah. Oprah, well, with Oprah, everything she says, I bow down. She's just I know. Queen. Can we all sit down with Oprah? <sighs> I am like wishing I was just let's manifest Reese Witherspoon so badly right now because they're like BFFing it around I know, the world. I'm like, I know. oh, wrinkle in time, people. I know. <laughs> so, she, I think it. I don't. It's not word for word, but. Basically, you're not only responsible for the energy that you bring to a situation in a conversation, but you're responsible for the energy that you allow into your space. That is so true. Yes. Yeah. So, well, and yeah, just choosing (laughs) to say no. How do we protect our energy? Ooh, visualize. But what do you do when an energy sucker comes in and like you can't avoid them? So you like you have to work with them or they're like a family member or like, you know, like you can't. Escape I call, them. I call them grenades or like terrorists. What do you do with it? What if you what if you have a constant grenade in your life that you can't get rid of because they're just in your life? What do you do with that? You have emotional go ahead. Emotional it. trainers? Is that what you were gonna say? No boundaries. Okay, well I feel like you I don't know. I have to visualize kind of a technique that I that I learned a long time ago. But it's like a grounding technique. You have to just give them their space and they are not allowed to penetrate your little bubble. What if they come into your bubble? What do you say? How do you protect yourself nicely? You just, you show, you treat, you treat people with the way you want to be treated, period. You know, and you don't buy in. You could listen, but you don't have to, to enable and perpetuate. Yeah. Yeah. You don't buy in. I love, so there was, I can't, I, I might've been Gabrielle Bernstein. It was a book on tape I was listening to, I but the, I know me too. Me you really? do you kind of remind me of her. her. You're like so tiny and cute like In her and just like, style, like fit. The energy. Thank yes. You. Love it. It's called Freaky Besson. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no, it's funny because oh, when crazy. people meet me, they're like, I thought you were so much taller. I'm like, no, I could join this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a tiny person. <laughs> a tiny person. Tiny. Um, but she's, she called them emotional trainers. Okay. Um, or it was like basically like a, phys, uh, like a, a personal trainer, emotional, personal trainers. Mm-hmm. So people, God, the universe puts people in your life uh-huh. that oh. rub you the wrong way. Oh. And so it's almost like, <laughs> totally. it's almost like a, okay, yeah, God, I they're, what? they're your teacher. Yeah, they're exactly your teacher. What like what? hitting those nerves. Because hitting those nerves. Work on them. Yes. Yeah. And so That's I, so annoying. I know. Wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. And she, I, Gab, Gab, Gabby, or Gabby. Yeah. Um, she, <laughs> we love you. What you, what you, it's something, oh, it's like what you avoid persists. Okay. What you resist persists. Yes. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Truly. But you're so right because 
I could, there's all sorts of people in the world that I don't care what they're doing, but then there's certain people who are in my life and they just hit that nerve. And, and especially when you can't escape them, they're just in your reality. Yeah. That is a teacher. It's because you haven't healed that wound or learned that lesson. Oh, yeah. You're reminding you something. Of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Spot it, got it. Spot it, you got it. Spot it, got it. Yeah. That's from the good old, you know, the AA, the spot it, got it. Truly, if you see something in someone else that drives you crazy, Actually, it's, I think it's a fact. It's in you. It's a reflection of your own darkness. So what do we do? Yeah. We just see it everywhere. Like it is. That's what Gabby Bernstein says. You know what I do? And I really, really like this. Like I was at a party and like going back to the music thing, being around really successful women because I haven't had a lot of mm-hmm. success. Oh, but you have. You yeah. Have. It depends on how, let's, it's how, how you, you frame just, yeah. it. Right. Well, how in the sense of what. You achieved a record deal, yeah. two, show, two I, TV I shows, publishing yeah. deal. I mean, open a how clothing store. Y'all, okay. You're comparing yourself to like, read for this Okay. I did that in quotes because I, I truly feel like I have had success. You have had a lot of success. I've accomplished things that I want to accomplish and success for me now mm-hmm. is living a, from a place of love. So I'm yes. successful, yes. but in the quote unquote realm of what other people yeah. would deem as successful, like a number one or cuts yep. on this artist or cuts on that artist, you know, I've had some cuts, but it hasn't been compared to other big female songwriters or other big, um, you know, artists in Nashville. And so being around a group of really music business driven people kind of makes me nervous sometimes. And I will feel like less than, so if I start to get into that mindset, I go to the bathroom and I breathe and I just basically meditate for like a couple minutes. You're bringing yourself and into alignment. Yes, bring myself back into alignment, really, you're into worthy, center. Meant to be here. Yeah. Yes, and that's what I repeat to myself. I inhale worthiness and love mm-hmm. and exhale the mm-hmm. negativity of feeling less than. And Gabby Bernstein also talks about this, but having like special people, mm-hmm. like people that you almost hold on a pedestal above you, like, oh, they're better than me. Like totally. we are all different, but we are all one. Yeah. We are all on the same playing Strip field. Away the ego, I know. Away yes. The Why stuff, do we have that, that special people? I have special people too. And I'm like, you're not even I saying think, I want to be like up there. <laughs> I think having vulnerability removes those layers. I and, agree. And I feel like with you, it allows you to be an incredible artist. It allows you to put your heart out there in the world, but it also allows you to ground yourself. And maybe you should be feeling icky amongst you know, like certain industry people. And that's your indicator to, you know what? I'm going to continue to pursue this with love. I'm going to continue to be authentic mm-hmm. and I'm going to continue to fight the good fight with my message and not be part of the issue in the industry. Yeah, totally. I agree. I, everything you just said, yes. <laughs> You're wanting to be around other like-minded artists mm-hmm. and songwriters who are going for the same thing. So maybe if you feel like it's all about money and success, maybe yeah. it feels gross to you because that's really... Not what your goal is now. Of course, you want to have yeah, all you of that. Want to support yourself. Yeah, but you're not going just to make money or have number ones. Like you want to impact because you're getting your message out there from love. Right. Absolutely. Yes, that's my intention. I want to talk to y'all forever, but we got to wrap up because it's almost an hour. So I oh my gosh, leave, what? I always lead leave my podcast with leave your light, and this whole thing's been straight inspiration. Yeah, but just sum up what your intentions are or like what you what you want people to walk away with from your lives your existence like what you want people to know um so i get since it is the influencer podcast um yeah and maybe kind like of, people who are trying to get into careers like yeah. y'all yeah. have very fabulous careers like how do you 
what would you say to someone who's like, oh, I'll never be like them. I could never have that. You, you know? can. You can, yeah. I think, you know, it's really embracing the light within yourself. And in doing that, you're not only going to further your life with so much substance and passion and exciting new magical moments every day, you're going to lift up the people around you and it's going to build a tremendous community. And I think, you know, that's my intention. My intention is connection and community and living a life of, of love and gratitude, which is, you know, I think every day and it's a practice. It's a daily practice. It is a practice. It's like, you have to keep going to the gym to work out. You can't just stop. You can't just like get these spiritual lessons and then be done. You got to work on it every Every day. day. Yeah. Every Every single day. Well, and it's, it's what has allowed us all to be here on this couch today. And so. we connected so fast. Like, this is only the second time Sarah and I have hung out with you. Yep. And, but it was immediately a connection because we all have this soul drive. Mm-hmm. Yes. 100%. Amen. Um, so I could, along the lines of what you said, basically, but you know, just kind of aligning with your, your light inside and not focusing on the amount of followers you have mm-hmm. or the amount of people you can impact mm-hmm. and not, not allowing that to stifle you from being you yeah. like by you being authentically you, by you being real and vulnerable, you are empowering other people to live their authentic, real vulnerable life. And I think that is probably one of the most important things that we are put on this earth for is to be our, embrace our light, be ourselves, expose ourselves so that other people feel comfortable being themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. And using that. And like I said, not listening, not looking at it like, Oh, I only have like 200 followers or what that's 200 people yeah. that you can impact for the better focus on that, yes. not on what you don't have. Yeah. And I think it's leaving this creative realm in this, this world, you know, a better place. I feel like if we can inspire the next generation to rise up even stronger and, you know, with more force and to be more fearless and more courageous and to pursue their craft internally and, you know, create that unity. I think that's a beautiful thing. I think y'all are beautiful things. I think y'all are beautiful things. <laughs> I love you guys. This is such a great interview. Oh. Thank y'all for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having us. My soul inspired influencer. I'm so oh, grateful. Yeah. We are up. Oh. Thank y'all for joining me. This, are the is, best. Good. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, okay. The love is here. Love y'all. <laughs> Bye. How amazing was that conversation? Was that not so inspiring? It inspired me so much to hear it back and to be a part of it. And I'm so grateful that I have friends like Sarah and Alyssa. They make me want to be a better person and keep working hard to fulfill my purpose. So I hope that you got that same inspiration from that conversation. Next week, the Influencer Series is still on, y'all. This is going on and on because I have so many incredible influencer friends. I have a couple joining me next week. Miles and his beautiful wife, Vanessa. I have become friends with Vanessa through this influencer world. She is so incredible. She's a mom blogger and actress. She does everything. She moved here from LA. She met her husband, Miles, at the tavern. They have an incredible love story. He also heals people. He has all sorts of ways that he helps people's souls through his on-site clinic, which is where you can go and actually have a stay for a week and help heal yourself, deal with your wounds, grow. But together, they're such a power couple, and they're an example of how to be a great couple, how to work together, how to grow your own self, how to grow together. They have a kid. I love them. Obviously, I'm obsessed. I can't stop talking about them. So y'all tune in next week for Vanessa and Miles Adcox. They're the best.